0: Might need a little bigger tank. Uh, Need a side tank is what I need. But yeah.
1: Welcome to another episode of Loud Pipes. Grab a beverage and join us as we talk about all things relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. And now your host for this episode, Rich Warfield, John Miracle, and Brother Bacon.
2: Loud Pipes, episode 191. We're going to be talking about some insanity this evening. That would be a coast-to-coast-to-coast ride in under 100 hours. And looking at the calendar, we need to talk a little bit about our anniversary after completing six years of podcasting. Woohoo! hoo Congrats, my, Mr. Warfield. To
0: my east, the
2: riding fool, Spider Silk, Johnny John. What's happening?
0: Not much, man. Ready to celebrate tonight? you know, having a party tonight, you know, six years, six years. Where did, whew, where did that go?
2: I don't know. It's flown by pretty quick. Hasn't it? It sure has. Are you have a celebratory beverage or, or what? Maybe a chocolate milk?
0: Uh, sure. I'll have chocolate milk tonight.
2: <laughs> Is that what you have really? I'm just kidding. No, I have actually Mountain Dew tonight. Mountain Dew in the house. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you know me, I'm not much of that drinker.
2: Uh, Me either, but I do have a copper. Yeah, yeah,
0: not you. Uh huh, uh huh. Okay,
2: I only drink one at a time. And what do you have tonight, my friend? It's a copper, OMB's finest.
0: Uh Uh Oh, you bringing something to that meetup, right?
2: I'm gonna try. It might get warm, but that's all right. People can still drink it.
0: Okay, well we can always refrigerate it, right?
2: All right, on a temporary line, because he's on call, let's bring in Brother Bacon out in the Nashville area of Tennessee. What's going on, Bacon?
0: This is the same old, same old, only working this time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and since you're working, I'm assuming no beverage or maybe some nice water. Oh, I got myself a nice uh, Gatorade Zero. Very nice. And a call.
1: A special orange flavor.
2: Nice. All right, we'll save the sound effect here in a minute, but let's bring in our our special guest for this evening. It will be his second time on Loud Pipes. So let's bring in Alan Garrison, the former owner of My Redhead and track riding buddy and overall friend as time has gone by. So, Alan, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. And you sound pretty good this evening.
1: And anything in your glass by chance? Uh, I got a little bit of Diet Coke left.
2: Coke. Very nice. Sands the Jack, because we know that's blasphemy. Sans the Jack.
1: <laughs> like I said, I have no problem with other people doing it. I just I made a little uh, promise years ago, and that, uh, I'm done.
2: Understood. Understood.
1: <laughs> All right,
2: well, since you have a new Kawasaki, let's hit the proper new topic sound effect. Ah, the lovely H2R flying down the Isle of Man. So I guess before we get into this, we'll set the stage real quick. The The main thing we brought Alan in for was to talk about his iron butt challenge that he did, the the CCC 100. So that's coast to coast to coast in less than 100 hours. And as I dig into the details, I realize it's actually the 50cc twice. So you got to meet the requirements of the 50 twice is that correct and all within 100 hours
1: that is correct yeah so it's you have to be under 50 hours and you can't start the return trip prior to the beginning of the next 50 so it's not like you could hit the coast turn around and then be four or five hours ahead of schedule so you have to it has to be 50 hours yeah gotcha so
2: no swapping from one end to help the other correct (laughs) That sucks. And we we will get into that. And John's all excited because he's done a couple of iron butts and he's ridden from here to California and back, not in a hundred hours, but he's, he's done the ride. But before we get too far, I want to talk a little bit about your new Ninja 1000 SX. How
1: much do you like that thing? Oh my gosh. I love that bike. (laughs) I've had quite a few bikes to say the least. And, um, I think this is probably the best one yet. It, it, the closest thing to a perfect bike that I, that I personally have found.
2: That is a tall order, my friend. Yes, it is. Considering you were the previous owner of my beloved Redhead. and That's in, that's
1: in second place.
2: And then you bought my runner-up bike, the Tracer 900 GT, and you had that for what, six weeks?
1: <laughs> <laughs> about four or five months. <laughs> no, no about nothing six wrong. Week. The Tracer was a great bike. It's not the Ninja 1000 SX.
0: No. Hmm. So talking about that, I have a, a good friend of mine that I ride with that actually has a Ninja, uh, not the SX, but a 2017 one. Mm-hmm. And he loves it. So I, I know what you love in the bike because he enjoys it, done a lot of mods to it. Uh, in fact, he's even, He's over six foot, and I think he's actually got risers to r- rise the handlebars up more. Mm-hmm. It's um,
1: I, I, I'm 5'10", 200 pounds, uh, give or take a couple. And it, for me, it's perfect. It's It feels light. It's flickable, but it's still planted where you could do triple digits on certain highways in western North Carolina and not <laughs> even feel it. Um, I don't know anything
2: about that. I don't about, about
1: that. And, um, but still has plenty of power. You know, you could be in six gear going 30 miles an hour and just roll onto it. And it just, it just takes off. And then with the, the SX for, for 20, um, it's got the cruise control up and down quick shifter, the TFT display, just the six position IMU it's got, it's got everything. It it really does. Mm.
2: It's just missing that V four sound, but other than that. It that's it. good.
1: That's it. Yeah, just need that need that V4 and then we're we're good to go.
2: <laughs> so Kawasaki get on a V4
0: will you? For next year. <laughs> Please.
2: <laughs> awesome.
0: All right, and Johnny. Nelson, no, if you're looking for exhaust, he's actually put the M4s on it.
1: Mm. Well, I know that's one more thing they changed is that I can't use any exhaust from the previous years because they had the dual-sided. So for 20 they switched to the single side, so it's on the right-hand
0: side there. So Okay, uh, which, which does simplify it a little bit. Yeah, because he's got the duels, and I actually no, he just earlier this year, and I'm not sure who he went with, switched out all the way from the header back. Hmm. Oh, he full got kit? A, yeah, he got a full kit, and I don't remember who it's from. And whatever kit he got was like half price. Wow. I have heard that the header is the is what
1: kind of holds those bikes back a little bit, but a full system on that with a tune, you're probably looking at another twenty-five plus horsepower. So I'd put it in the 150, 160 range. It's a lot scratch for a street bike. <laughs> That's I'm happy where it's at now. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Now now you plan on tracking it. I am I'm, I
1: plan on it into uh, this month or beginning of next month at uh, Carolina Motorsports park' uh, I'm gonna take it down there I've got a a set of, a, a cage um, that I ordered from Latvia of all places that just came in the other day so I'll be putting that on next week so I'll have plenty of crash protection but you know just kind of kind of shaking it out a little bit and I'll have it that with my street triple and kind of you know alternate back and forth.
2: And see if either one of them are as fast as a
1: two thousand R six. I know I know of a trace a tracer that's faster than a two thousand R six. <laughs> as long
2: as it don't boil the brake fluid,
1: <laughs> which yeah, I've done that before too.
2: Uh all right, you ready to talk some insanity? Absolutely insanity, man! Just just saying it, coast to coast to coast in under a hundred hours. How how many miles was that? Just before we get too far.
1: Uh, 4,365 miles, give or take a couple.
2: Mm. That's, that's a few miles. Now, John, when you did the, when you went from, I guess you started in Barber and then you went to California and back to North Carolina, what was your round trip? Cause you know, you just didn't take the shortest route.
0: No, it was six, almost 7,000. 6,800. Because- for the whole trip. Looking at, yeah, for the whole trip. And I know looking at Allen's thing, he took the shortest, which would be the I-10 reporter. And I did 40. So, um, went across a lot of, not the direct way. Mm.
2: But you were also sightseeing. It was more of, I mean, yes, you wanted to go back and forth, but you wanted to see some things. You had specific routes and places you were going to stop. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, and then so I went actually went from forty all the way up to San Francisco. So I went farther up the coast. So all right, as well. So and the first part of this, I think, John, this is right
2: up your alley. So I thought we would break this down into a couple segments. Okay, and and start with the planning. So I know you love to you know plan out a trip, get your stops lined up and your timing and all that. So I thought, Alan, we would start there with. I think you started about a year in advance with the planning and then we'll take it from there.
1: I did. Yep. So, um, I decided, I don't know, maybe 2015, 2016, that you know, I, I wanted to try the challenge out. I had done, done the same thing previously with, uh, running and just kept pushing it and pushing it, pushing it and, uh, you know, end up running a couple marathons, uh, just to see if I could do it. Um, and so I decided once I gave up running, uh, that, that would be my next goal would be the, the iron butts and everything. Mm. Um, so I started off, uh, doing your basic, you know, your saddle sore 1000, which is a thousand miles in 24 hours. And then advanced past that to the, uh, butt burner gold, which is 1500 miles in 24 hours. And, um, you actually have to complete that ride before you're eligible to attempt the coast to coast to coast in hundred hours. Oh, okay. So yeah, That's a so you have bit to progression kind of, yeah, kind of a prerequisite to be able to do that. And, um, so I completed, completed that one in March of 2017. And I was already kind of planning the, um, the coast to coast to coast. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, bought a bike specifically for that ride, which was a, a 2013, uh, Yamaha FJR 1300. And, um, uh, I specifically wanted that one uh, because it's the first year they had cruise control, which I, I thought was mandatory. <laughs> uh, you and felt just, that was a requirement, absolutely. Now, I, I, what I didn't find out until after I'd already purchased the bike that the first year the cruise control was uh, electronically limited to eighty-two miles an hour. So in re- reality, it's seventy-nine, maybe eighty miles an hour, which right, you know, it, it wasn't a bad thing in a lot of places because it kept me out of trouble. But in West Texas, where the speed limit is eighty. Yeah, it was kind of a little bit of a hindrance.
2: Gotcha. Did you calculate what, what was your average speed? I don't know if you calculated that out or not.
1: Uh, I think I did somewhere along the lines, but it ended up being like 68 miles an hour of actual, you know, moving speed. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: The, and the for uh, the forums that you did, I went back and looked at some of that and it was pretty neat how some of the guys were, were sort of speculating on, you know, where you're at, you know, pace wise are you on target and it, that was really cool to read i went through that this afternoon a little bit
1: um so i had a um a, a spot walla. so like a gps tracker was tracking me and it'd drop a pin like every 10 or 15 minutes you know showing my exact location exact speed so i had probably 30 or 40 people that i know of that were, were following along and mm-hmm. when i'd when i'd stop for fuel i'd pull it up and i'd read the comments and that, <laughs> that definitely was a uh, a little bit of motivation you know just kind of yeah just a good attaboy to keep on going so nice
2: so for route planning i guess did you did you follow like a you know an established route you know the way that most people go or how'd you go about planning out the routes and the stops and things like that
1: well i i knew route wise that i definitely want to take the i-10 route just simply because it's it's i think it's something like 500 600 miles shorter than the i-40 route Mm -hmm. um really want to start from Wilmington, but from Wilmington to, to over the, you know, it was, it was significantly longer. So, and w- at, when I'm planning minutes versus hours, you know, it's, um, every little bit helps. But, um, I started planning it as soon as I finished that ride in March, I was planning, you know, average fuel consumption at 70, at 75, at 80. And then where that would put my fuel stops. So that, that was the fun part where every, every day I would plan out another section of it and and just keep revising it and, and kind of playing with it and everything so I enjoyed that part of it more than anything else
2: did you have to keep like a like a plan a plan b list if you got in traffic or if you were you know running quicker than you thought and you were burning more fuel did you have that kind of setup
1: I didn't quite go to a plan you know a contingency plan for my fuel stops um but it, it was pretty close to it I knew where everything was at and I, I kind of had almost memorized the fuel stops um, what made it easy is that there are loves truck stops the entire route on <laughs> I-10 all the way across Johnny's fan. Yeah. Love, 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 the loves. It's second only to QT around here. So
0: <laughs> yeah, always when I plan trips, I always look for those truck stops. Cause a they're always going to, I look at it as gas, food, bathroom. Right. You're going to have all three of the things you need. And going back to that, in fact, going back, talking about the Sturgis ride out, when I met up with the guys from Pennsylvania, we took off and they're like, well, we could go this way, which was a different way, but there was really no stop in my way. And I said, well, we can go the way I planned and there's going to be a truck stop in the distance I need. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's go.
2: Yeah. Unless they're going to carry fuel for you, then yeah, you've got to make your stops.
0: Right.
1: And on something like that, if you can, whatever you can eliminate as far as distraction or potential problems, the better, uh, loves they're consistent. Um, you know, they always have the fuel that I need. They're always open. It's always clean. It's always well lit. Yeah. It it just eliminates a potential problem going to a known place like that.
0: Very good. And, and that's one thing also, I mean, that was something I did in, you know, going west, you start saying, how far can I push it? And you're like, I'm not sure where the next stop is. And that's where a lot of my planning came in was you could run it and you knew how many miles you got if you, you didn't know what it was going to be 20 miles down the road. So that's where I think your planning and my planning comes into play.
1: It, it, exactly. And it. then there's a, that, that anxiety of, of yep. not you know it just if you can eliminate that and know exactly where your next stop is and, and I think that also helps for for keeping your spirits up too because you can just you know as soon as you you make that next fuel stop okay here's the next mile marker and start counting them down you know and you yeah. just, you're just making these little checkoffs and it's just it's those little mental games that you have to play with yourself on a on a route like that that uh, that just keeps you keeps you up and keeps you motivated and keeps your, your spirits up yeah one of
0: the guys I ride with the When we did one of the first rides or all the rides with that, it's like one gas stop at a time. How do you do it? One gas stop. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't think about the thousand. It's next gas station.
1: Exactly. And just, and just, uh, what, what I heard a a phrase this morning, about a guy talking about, um, scuba diving, um, plan the dive and dive the plan. So exact same thing for a ride like that, you know, plan the ride, ride the plan.
2: Yeah. So one thing that probably requires a little bit more planning is the sleep schedule. So How did you tackle that part of it?
1: Um, well, what I did, I talked to a lot of the folks who had done it previously, and actually before I completed that, there were only 264 people who had ever actually completed that ride and had it certified. Mm. Um, so not a lot of people to, to lean on, but there, was still, there were still plenty. And uh, Junction, Texas, I knew Junction, Texas was dead, I mean, literally mile marker 400. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dead middle of Texas. And there are a couple little motels that are um, perfect little spots. um, And uh, you 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 pull right up to the door, walk in your room, take your bags in and walk right back out. So um, I knew if I, if I kept a certain speed that I would have enough time to be able to stop um, three different occasions throughout the whole trip and and get some, get some much needed rest.
2: Yeah. And Um, and you're talking about full, this is not like a nap. This is like,
1: no, shower, I, I go had, to a, sleep. had a hotel room, Took yeah. a shower, took a nap, woke up, drank the coffee, did the normal morning stuff and, yeah. and hit the road, you know? Um, so I, I definitely, that was, that, that definitely factored into it. Very nice. What kind of, so, sorry. So how many
2: miles average a day?
1: Um, so the first day I did 1300, um, and some odd miles from Jacksonville beach. To uh Junction, Texas, and then r- roughly about the same amount on the second day. Oh, no, no, it was less than it was like nine nine hundred miles on the second day. So I knew the first day was going to be if I could hump it and get through that first day, that the second day would be a lot easier. At least I thought.
0: <laughs> that didn't work
1: yeah. out. Y- yes, yes, and no. <laughs> Go ahead, John.
0: That, that's like when I went to Austin. I did my fifteen hundred and thirty six. I made the first thousand all the way to like Swedell, Louisiana in like 17 hours. I was like, oh, this is great. And then I get up the next morning, and make the rest of the way to Austin. And that was like the worst. Like, I, it took me longer to do that. Well, I won't say longer, but the average time was just ridiculous because I had to go through Houston and then there's traffic on I-10 with road construction that just really messed me up.
1: So the, the first day, so I'll, I'll start off how, so left on a Friday, had lunch, had breakfast with my wife in in Rock Hill on Friday morning. And, um, you know, kissed, said our goodbyes. Uh, I took my time, headed down to Jacksonville for the day, got there, you know, early afternoon. I already had a hotel room. And the plan was to be on the road by 2 a.m. Because um, I, what I wanted to do, and, and I had talked to a lot of folks, that staying as close to your normal sleep schedule as possible w- was key because um, it, it just that the, the, keeping that cycle. Yep. So got on the road 2 a.m. had all my paperwork already signed. I got my little vial of sand from the beach uh, and got on the road there um, and just progress throughout the day. So I actually end up getting to Junction, um, I guess it was about 9 p.m., 10 p.m. that night, um, which was about exactly what I had planned. Um, So I knew that first day, if if I had a long, hard day, that the second day would be a lot less mileage. Um, What I didn't plan for was that, you know, uh, it's the middle of October or beginning of October. I'm thinking, you know, going through, you know, uh, New Mexico and Arizona, that (laughs) it would be be cool. It'd be a little bit cooler. No, it wasn't. Uh, that was brutal. It was 120, 125, almost the entire way on I-10. Ouch. Um, and, it, it, you know, they say it's dry heat. Yeah, go stick your head in the oven. That's dry heat also. Um, <laughs> that was brutal. That that took a, a, a big toll on me. And um, so I was actually stopping more for for water than I was for fuel. Um, and I'd spend 15, 20 minutes off the bike and just down in a liter of water every single time, just to stay hydrated. Yikes. I was just going to say, you know, up to about a hundred degrees, that's where dry heat counts, but anything after a hundred degrees, it's just damn hot. Just hot. It's just hot. It's just hot. <laughs> it, and I'm wearing, I'm wearing a, a, a Joe rocket survivor suit. So it's a full one piece suit. It's black, you know, so <laughs> that, that, that hindsight probably should have uh, picked a little lighter color. and um, uh, so riding along, and you know the desert's hot, it's beautiful, actually first time ever in the desert. so I was just I was just uh, awed by the just the beauty of it. Mm. And um, so I'm riding along and um, I see a you know a, a, a dust devil out out in the distance in the desert, and I just think it's the coolest thing in the world. So actually I pulled over. And took a little video of it and sent it to my wife and son. Say, "Hey, cool! Look at this. It's a, you know, it's it's a it's a dust devil." So I get back on the interstate and I'm just moving along and I'm just kind of watching it out of at my left you know, left eye, just out of the corner of my eye there. <laughs> and it starts, it turns, and it starts moving towards the towards the interstate. And um, it, I was on a direct collision path with it, and I ran into it, not knowing really what what, what it was or you know, how bad it was inside of one. And um, I tried to explain it to my wife of you know. Take your hair dryer, put it in your face, throw sand in your face, and other debris at the same time. Um, don't recommend driving through one of those. And uh, with me, the FJR, all my gear, full full of fuel, probably probably close to a thousand pounds, honestly. And it about it was picking the bike up and moving it across the road, um, and mm. it just about picked me up, threw me in the, into the desert. And there's these big, huge, beautiful cacti all over the place, mm. and um, it just about threw me into the desert. So would have would have sidelined my trip a little bit
2: they were just waiting to catch you all those thorns
1: big thorns too big beautiful
0: (laughs) well kind of throwing that same picture or topic with you with the desert being hot when i came back from california coming across i-40 i ran across snow on 40 and flagstaff and you know i didn't realize how high up in elevation it was so yeah Go the opposite way, being too cold too is not fun either.
1: Uh, it was uh, on the return trip. Uh, not to jump too far ahead, but on the return trip, you when you're coming, I you know, once you come out of the valley of San Diego, you go up into the mountains there, and you know San Diego was 70, 75 degrees that morning. You know three a.m. whatever time I took off, and then when I got up into the mountains, it had dropped down to the high thirties, I think. Yeah, uh, and I was dressed for. <laughs> you know i'm dressed for a hot day mm. so I, I, was, yep. I was freezing my tail off then so i knew it's you know temporary it took take me about 30 minutes to get out of the mountains but um uh yeah it gets it, it gets a little chilly up there
0: now now before you said that you had to finish the first leg in 50 hours you can't start the second leg until the
1: first 50 is up correct yeah so you can't uh you can't haul tail finish turn around and leave and, and and bank hours is what they call it. So
2: well you can you can turn around immediately but you got 50 hours to do the second leg as well. Right? Once you start the second leg, it's 50 hours for that. Correct.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, so you can't finish it in 36 hours and turn around and have 14 hours 14 additional hours to do right. it. No. So so what I did is 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 I knew that so I did so my plan from the the get go was to finish the whole thing. But I did not make a reservation at the same motel on the return trip. Uh, not until I got to San Diego mm. and I saw how I felt did I actually make that goal. And so, okay, as soon as I got there, I went ahead and reserved that for the return trip at the exact same hotel because I knew then, okay, I've I've gone halfway. I know I can do this. So, um, I finished. I had about four hours to spare. So I got to San Diego Monday. So I started Saturday morning, and so I got to San Diego Monday at six or 7 PM right at dusk. Okay. Uh, and it was beautiful. Um, and there's a, there's a little gas station on Voltaire street, uh, in downtown San Diego. It's the closest one to the actual beach itself. And then there's a, um, there's a, there's a a burrito shop right next door. And apparently that was the, that's the rite of passage place that you have to go to. It's Roberto's, uh, burritos or something like that. (laughs) So, you know, I go to the gas station, I get my receipt and, you know, my receipt with that timestamp on it is that's my official end time. So it's got the date, it's got the time, it's got everything, it's got all the information that you need. You still have to have a witness signature, but that's not as important as the the receipts themselves. So I got that and then went over to the, uh, went over to the, the taco stand, got the biggest burrito they had, um, put that in the top box, which, you know, I love my top box. Mm-hmm. Got to have it. Um, drove down to the beach. Uh, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to stand on the beach. So went down to the beach, stood there, just kind of took it in for 30 seconds, scooped up my sand and went and found my hotel. I didn't realize it, but I found one that only had a parking garage. So I had to park in the garage and carry my bags through the through the hotel and everything else. And I was, I was so tired and exhausted and just drenched with sweat that I was just shaking. And I was just, I couldn't control it. I was just so tired and it just, that was the best four or five hours of sleep I think I've ever had. Mm. Um, but I knew then that I knew I could make the return trip. So I had about four hours to spare. Um, so I, I was going to steal some time from the return trip to make sure I got a full night's rest before I started back up. Yeah. Um, so I knew for the return trip, if I stuck to the same schedule and tenacity that I had heading West that I knew I could do it heading East. So, you know, got a good six hours of sleep, got back on the bike and was, uh, was, was on the way. So. You know, one half the trip was was down at that point.
2: Nice. Um, let's see. One of the things I wanted to ask, and I know John might have opinions on this, but what kind of food do you eat, like while you're while you're riding or in between breaks? And because I know for me, the last thing I would want is eat something that I'm not familiar with, or you know, or risk something foul, and then that spoiling your ride. So, you know, what was the food intake like?
1: Uh, so the food intake was, um, I had, I think I had subway for lunch, but I had plenty of snacks in my tank bag. I had sunflower seeds. I went through probably eight bags of sunflower seeds. Mm. Um, so a modular helmet is, is a must, um, you know, prop the helmet open pop some sunflower seeds and just spit them as you go. And that's more just to, just to keep your mind busy. Right, Right. Um, and hard candy. I had these little lemon drops and I had, um, uh, now or laters and you know just some other hard candy just to just to keep your mouth you know keep your mouth wet and everything else um i saw the plenty- tip
2: about the breathe right and then the the cough drops that kind of open up your nasal yeah. passages that was pretty neat
1: which that wasn't an issue it was so it was so dry that uh it, it did not matter yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so just just having that hard candy and then i had a um um I had uh, you know, RAM mount. They make a they make a, a swivel you know uh, water bottle holder, and uh, in the mornings I had my coffee and I'd carry it with me and drink coffee on the on the road. Uh, I needed really I needed a Gold Wing, uh, you know, for a trip like that, <laughs> but uh, it, it worked on the FJR too. So I had I mean I had the whole setup, and uh, you know just drink drink water and if you know wanted a diet coke I'd have it and I just I'd have my drinks with me and I drink throughout the entire day.
2: Nice. All right, so mentally, so now you've got some sleep, you've you've made the the turn, so to speak, and now you're headed back. So, what does this feel like mentally when you're leaving San Diego, now headed back towards your your mid stop in Texas?
1: I felt great, I I really did. When I made that, when I turned around and got back on the bike, I felt fantastic.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, so I started making the return trip, um, coming through the desert, uh, you know, heading east, watching the sunrise in the desert. That was incredible. I mean, I was just just out there by myself. You know, there's no other cars that, you know, the the, the Union Pacific trains, they run right along. They run parallel to the interstate. So I'd have a train coming up beside me and I've got the sun coming up going through the desert. And it was just, it was, it was beautiful. It really was. Nice. And um, I kind of remember that more than anything else. And get through Arizona before it got hot. So that was definitely a plus for getting started that early. Um, so that was, that was definitely helpful. So about midway through that, that third day, this is day, day one of the return trip, day three overall. Um, you go through a long stretch in, in New Mexico where there's nothing. I mean, and you, you're coming out through the mountains and you're, I'm exhausted. I'm already tired then. And I'm coming through and I'm kind of starting to get that anxiety that I'm not gonna make my fuel stop, even though I I know I should be able to, I think I had a good headwind. Uh, so it was kind of slowing me down, and ca- my fuel consumption was was higher than I thought it should be. Right. So I finally get through the mountains here, and I come to a you know my love's truck stop that I was that I was waiting for. Your favorite baby, and, <laughs> my favorite baby, and um and I knew that I was going to stop there, and I was going to eat lunch, and I was I was, I was starving, and uh, so I make it to the truck stop, and I'm just I'm, I'm tired I, at that point. I was just I was mentally tired, so I'm, I'm at the I'm at the fuel pump. And, um, and I look over and there's a, there's a father and son, I guess probably a truck driver had had a son with him probably six, seven, eight years old. And they're just standing outside in the parking lot, just kind of goofing around mm-hmm. and they're doing some stretching this and that. And dad's just trying to keep the son loose. And, you know, it yep. reminded me a lot of, of how me and my son interact. So I saw the two of them and it just, it hit me that I miss my family. Mm. I need, I want to get home. And I just broke down. I just, I'm standing there at the pump, pumping gas in this motorcycle, and I'm just bawling like a baby. Um, and I just, I couldn't control it. I, I was, it was just crying uncontrollably. Huh. But and and I, I'm, Rich, you've known me a little bit. I'm not, I'm not a not a crier. And um, that was it. That that I needed that resolve. That's like, okay, if, if I want to go see them, I got to keep going. Yeah, go finish this damn ride and um you that call, was it you called them didn't you on that stop? i did yeah. i did yeah I, right then and there and i called him i said look i said i'm finishing this but i want to come see you guys so went inside had my subway sandwich back on the road and that was it that was all that was all the resolve i needed There was i started having a little bit of doubt that you know what are you doing because you know when you're just out there like that it's you, your mind can definitely yeah. it starts to talk to you and play tricks on you
2: lot of time by a lot of time by yourself so
1: and that doubt creeps in it's just you know you've got a lot of time to think and um but that was it once i hit that point right there there was there was zero doubt that i'm finishing
0: this rod nice um so, so i'm guessing you did this all by yourself
1: i did yep yep
0: yeah i i've i think if i've wanted to do it i would want to find somebody to do it with See, I, I wanted to do that, but, um, I was afraid I
1: wouldn't find somebody who had the same resolve, uh, to complete it that I, that I had. Um, yeah. So a, a buddy would have been nice to do it with. Um, but at the same time, I just, I, I like that. I like that solitude. I like that. You know, the only person I've got to count on is myself. Yeah. It was like, it was like the running just when I, when I, when I you know, was training for the marathons and ran the marathons, it's just you out there. There's nobody else you can count on. Um. So that, that's just kind of how I was looking at it.
2: I'd probably get to San Diego and want to hang out a few days. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I like, wanted you know to what? believe me. I, got, I wanted to, I got the CC 50. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna hang out here for a few days.
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, Richie, I got I, get a thousand down. Hush. <laughs> so that, uh, that third day, once I hit that point, I, there was, there was zero doubt that I, that I knew I was going to complete that ride. So, and, um, so I, uh, kept on humping, got into Texas. I knew I had when I crossed that border. I knew I had 400 miles to go to get to Junction. Mm-hmm. And um, so my wife, to to her credit, she stayed on the phone with me for I think three straight hours. Um, in Texas, going through te- in Texas, yeah, because it was it was late. It was you know probably I didn't get there until 11 p.m. 11:30, so it was dark. And uh, West Texas, they have these. There's deer. There's deer everywhere, but there's they're small. <laughs> there are these little 30, 40, 50 pound deer that just are everywhere. And you see them all over the side of the road. Um, so my plan was, and I had these auxiliary lights, um, and I had one of them turned at about a 45 degree angle uh, out away from the bike, just to spot what was on the side of the road. Yep. And it came in handy quite a few times. Um, so you know, made it back to Junction about 11 p.m., and I knew at that point that I, I had enough time. Um, I had, you know, whatever it was. I, I don't remember the numbers anymore, but I knew I had plenty of time that I could get some sleep and still have time to to make it. So, you know, went to sleep day three, Monday night. I knew I was in pretty good shape.
2: I'm looking at the pin here off a of junction and I, I don't see much. Best Western, Motel 6.
1: Uh, America's best, I think, is what it was.
2: Pretty small um, town
1: there. It's it's a, it's a small town. It's a it's a it's got it's got a truck stop, and a couple motels, yeah. and, and that's about it.
2: And one a one runway airport.
1: <laughs> that would have come in handy. <laughs> uh, but same same motel. Uh, So when I got there, actually I was kind of panicking because when I got to the motel, because I was you know I had this worked out ahead of time because I called that that morning on the trip. I said, hey, look, I'll be coming in, but I'll be coming in late. Hey, no problem. Your key's going to be here, all, all this. So I get to the motel and, you know, I go to go in the lobby to get my key and the door's locked. And I start panicking at that point because I don't see anybody around. <laughs> so I start banging on the door. So the, the, the night night attendant was sound asleep at the at the window. And um, I'm beating and banging for probably 15, 20 minutes. Just trying to get their attention to wake them up so I could get to my room. Ugh. And um, it took a while, but it finally was able to get my key, got in my room, and and was out. So that was um, that was pretty awesome. Um, woke up the next morning um, and felt great. Knew I had plenty of time. Actually, I had so much time that I I always wanted to see the Alamo. So I made a I had to go through San Antonio anyway. So mm-hmm. made a little detour, found the Alamo, and uh, got the you know the obligatory picture standing in front of the Alamo. And then got back on the road, so I ate up ate up a little bit of time there, um, and then the next challenge. Everybody told me that Houston, Houston was one of the mm-hmm. biggest challenges that you have, is just because the traffic is so bad in Houston. And I hit it um, about lunchtime and didn't slow down once. I was going nice. sixty five. It was just it, apparently that never happens, but you know the, the the gods were looking out for me and made it all the way through Houston. And I knew at that point I was feeling good, and I knew I was going to make it.
2: For future planning, Johnny John, yes, sir. In Junction, Texas, right off the highway, there's a Tesla supercharger.
0: It's the same. Uh, so you're going to so go ride with me? You want to get Tesla and come out with me?
2: Yeah, I'll follow you in an electric car.
0: All right, you do that.
2: <laughs> I'm just looking around on the map here. It's it's kind of neat though, as as Alan is describing, like where he's going. I'm sort of, you know, Google road tripping it as well. And I'm kind of looking at the towns and, you know, like found the hotel here and, and Junction and just looking at that stuff. So it's kind of neat while you're talking, I'm visualizing okay, a little bit okay. of it.
1: Yeah, it, it was, it was really neat. And that was like, for me, that was the fun part was the planning of it. And every day I would just, I would, I would re-ride the route and plan it out and plan it out and plan it out and call calling you know, call the gas stations, calling the hotels and, and, and all that stuff. And just having, um, having the entire thing planned out. So there's just a a certain level of satisfaction of Mm -hmm. doing that and then sticking to your plan, you know? Nice. Um, So get through, get through Houston. I I think I'm, I'm free as a bird. It's just, it's just, it's just time after that. Um, until I got into Louisiana. Um, Uh and then I hit torrential downpours. I mean, like, you know, cars on the side of the road, flashers on, um, I'm thinking I've got this suit on. I'm fine. Well, no, it's not waterproof. It's not even close to being waterproof. <laughs> oh, so I was soaking wet, but I didn't have time to sit and, and, and wait it out. I had to keep going. So, you know, go through these huge downpours where the front tires, you know, hydroplaning across the road. It just, it was just, it was miserable, but I had to keep going. So get through those. I think, okay, nothing else can happen. Uh, and then about around st. Charles I think the interstate was shut down for an accident um, so the Sun had come back out but you know it again it was 90 something degrees right after it rained so I mean it was it was it was hot it was humid I'm soaking wet now I'm starting to steam um, <laughs> Some and it's in a construction zone. So I don't have room where I can filter. You know, because that was my plan. Said, Look, I'm just I'm gonna go through these cars and then just be at the front. So whenever it opens up, it's it's good to go. Didn't even have room to do that. So um I was I was frustrated. And again, that doubt started creeping in just a little bit that I, I you know, that I was not gonna make it. I knew I still had time, but yeah. You know, couldn't even get off the interstate to find a way around this and that. So, and you're in the swamps. There's I-10, there's nothing else. And
2: you don't, Mm -hmm. you don't need any more delays at this point. You have time, but
1: yeah. yeah. So, um, so I called a buddy of mine and I just vented to him. I was just, I was just, you know, not a big cusser either. And I was just, every four letter word and some, you know, that I could think of, I was just letting them fly just to get it out. (laughs) Um, it just frustrated. (laughs) So I finally you know, get through that, and then it, that's it. You know, I I know I know it's home free from there, and um, it basically it was. It was the rest of the trip was um, it was it was into it was it got nighttime again, and uh, but made it through Alabama, no problems. You know, through the panhandle of of uh, Florida, you know, no issues at all. And I ended up I think it was about one a.m. Uh, on Wednesday morning when I made it to the um, when I made it back to the gas same gas station and I, and I got my receipt my, for my finished trip. So, um, uh, 48 hours and you know, 98 hours and 10 minutes was the total, uh, was the total trip. So, um, so I finished it, um, felt actually, I felt pretty good. So I turned around and I started heading North. I went back and got on 95 and started heading North. Oh, so you, uh, you finished your, you got to the
2: East coast again, then just headed for home.
1: Started heading home. Yeah. made it all the way up to, I think Brunswick, Georgia, um so I made it, you know, I made it about another fifty, seventy-five miles up the interstate and then you know, stopped there for the night and that was it. Nice. Um and it was just you know, just just the ride home from there. Um got the late checkout obviously and just oh, I was so exhausted.
2: <laughs> Maybe and, uh, slept in a little bit. Just
1: a little bit. But actually I made such good time even on the ride home that I I qualified for another uh certificate, which was five thousand miles in five days. Oh, nice! Um, which apparently is is just as kind of um, as as prestigious as the CCC one thousand mm-hmm. or one hundred. So I was uh, I was pretty pretty proud about that too.
2: <laughs> nice. Well, I I was going to talk about the bike, but I think I want to stick on the um, kind of the root and and memories side of it. Is there any?
1: I guess any standouts that
2: you haven't covered already? You want to talk about, or any other? you know Um, mishaps we didn't get to
1: i didn't have a ton of mishaps honestly the the mishaps i had one close call where a car cut me off um somewhere in texas texas is is beautiful by the way i I did not realize how beautiful that state was from the east side which is you know rolling hills and cattle and everything else and by the time you get to the west side it's these it's these plateaus and Mm -hmm. and desert it was just it was it was beautiful um so no, no close calls, but what's ironic about it is that no close calls there. And then the next day I go back to work, um, I get T-boned and totaled my truck. So, you know, go figure. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so I the forgot next day about I, that. Yeah, the next day I went back to work, I, I was turning in the road, going to my office, and I got T-boned and totaled my truck and everything. So, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think the, the good Lord was looking out for me there. At least he was on the motorcycle, not so much in the truck.
2: And maybe maybe was saying you should stay at home one more day.
1: <laughs> should stayed, should stay home one more day. I had to. Be, I, I, the funny thing is, I was I, I do remember that. Uh, that it was so, so great about technology is that really, there's you don't lose cell service hardly anywhere the entire trip. Nice. So Sunday, I remember I was going through Tucson, Arizona on that Sunday, listening to the Panthers game. Um, no, I was. Yeah, it was Sunday. It was Sunday evening. Yeah, not Monday. It was Sunday evening. Going through Tucson, listening to the Panthers game. They were played new orleans i think so mm-hmm. you know there was you know four hours of the game plus three hours of pre you know pre-game to listen to and so it just just again keeping the mind occupied but that monday on the return trip I, I spent half the day on the phone with you know customers of mine arguing about invoices and trying to get paid on stuff so again you know i was able to get work done and and again just eat that time up and keep that's my mind funny. occupied
0: yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah now here's a question: How? Far out did you put your gas stops? Uh, 175 miles.
1: So I knew that I knew the bike had a comfortable range of 200 miles, um, and just 150 was just too short because I planned out the whole whole route with 150 mile stops, um, and it just added. You know, I figured 15 minutes per stop, Hmm. um, and that added however many hours to the route, and I was like, okay, that's too many. Um, and then I figured at 200, and then it just did. I just it took off three or four stops, but again, there's that anxiety of, of, right. of running out of fuel. So 175 was kind of my sweet spot and, yeah. um, there were very few, I had the second day I had one unplanned stop uh, just cause nature had a different plan. Right. Um, yeah. Did you have Sierra, a
2: little, little rescue fuel with you by chance?
1: No rescue fuel. No, I didn't, didn't take any rescue fuel. Cause I knew, I, I knew that there were, there were enough gas stations where, there should be plenty. You know, I did have the tire patch kit and a little tool kit and everything else. So I was, I had, I had plans there, but uh,
0: no, no fuel. Okay. So. Yeah. That might be one of my downsides from doing it on the spider is I'm not sure I'd be able to get the 175 range. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Might need a little bigger tank. <laughs>
0: uh need a side tank is what I need, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: One seventy-five was kind of the sweet spot. That's that was, um, like I said, one hundred and fifty was was more comfortable, but again, it just added too many stops. Uh, and that two hundred just just I didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. But what's fun about it is I went through six different wind screens and and different setups and everything else, figuring out the the perfect balance of you know having airflow but not having that turbulent air because I knew that would just over the course of four days of just of 18 hour days would, would fatigue me beyond you know anything. So, um, but from the, everything was planned out. I mean, from what I carried to the the seat I had to the windscreen to everything. So that was, a, again, that was a fun part. And just seeing it through that the, the right. trip itself was kind of the, was, was the dessert, you know?
2: Now your, your FJR looked mostly stock, but I know you changed something. So what were the things that you added just for the trip?
1: Um, so the windshield, besides the windshield, um, uh, a set of bar risers, obviously to put me perfectly upright. Um, I changed the seat, uh, to one that had actually had a, had a backrest, which was, I mean, it was the most old man looking setup, but it had a backrest. But again, I knew it was one of those things that Mm -hmm. over the course of, you know, 98 hours of riding that it would, it would add up and having that backrest just where I could lean back and, and take that pressure off my back. Uh, so, I had a seat i had a uh, air hawk um so like a an an air pillow to sit on and um you know a set of uh set of highway pegs and that was basically it i mean and 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 the auxiliary lights the lights yeah yeah and the auxiliary lights that was that was it stock what a uh, what an awesome bike too
2: stock panniers on the side and i i think you had a shad case on top
1: i did had had a shad case on the top and then i had a uh, actually that same little tail bag i had on the ninja last weekend same same little tail bag just to have some you know, just some extra stuff to yep. carry. You know I me; mean? I'm I'm always prepared. So,
2: yeah, always prepared. <laughs> Nothing is left to change.
1: Ever, no. It's it's so
2: funny. I'll just share the story. Like of all the the track days we've done now, I think four, five, mm-hmm. something like that. And it's got to the point now where if I need something, I don't just ask, "Do you have?" I just say, "Hey, can I borrow X?" Because I, I know you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gonna have it. Whatever you need, man. I got it.
0: (laughs) So, so pretty much like me too, Rich, right? You know?
2: Yeah. Alan is, is the John of, of the track days for sure. (laughs) And I have a little routine. I roll the bike off the trailer. I get it set up. I got to go grab his uh, inflator so I can get the initial tire pressure set, you know, and at some point I'll need a zip tie.
1: You know, I've got my routine Mm -hmm. (laughs) down. Just come take Alan's stuff. And, uh, (laughs) I hope you charge him, Alan.
2: Up to and including the 20 bucks last time because we had a little side bet.
1: We did have a side bet. <laughs> you want you want to share that side bet or you want to keep that? Uh,
2: <laughs> I don't, we, we might have talked about it when, when we did VIR, VIR full course, which was amazing, by the way. And it was hot. So, you know, there's that. I don't know. Maybe that adds to the confusion. But I was trying to run the Harry's lap timer on my phone and I didn't have a. External GPS or anything. I was just setting it and then kind of wrapping it in the shirt, putting it under the the passenger seat. And the way you do that is you put a key in the side and you unlock it, and then you're supposed to remove the key. So on one session, I left the key in the bike. So I'm out there doing laps, and the key, of course, has a, a little keychain and another little thing on it. So it's like flapping in the breeze for this whole session. <laughs> we come back and I was like, Alan, um, Crap! <laughs> like I left the key in the bike. <laughs> so that was a joke for a while. And then later in the day, it's like twenty bucks if you can find that on the track day photos. It's like okay, well we'll see. And sure enough, I found one of the shots. You've seen me going into a corner, and there's the key dangling away. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, here you go." He's like,
1: <laughs> "Fresh twenty dollar bill,
2: <laughs> crisp right off the press." <laughs> oh it was hilarious and, and and verified by his wife. So mm-hmm. she verified the photo. Yeah, that was a good one. So, all right, well that covers the bike, the planning, the execution. What did we miss, John? Anything else you want to know?
0: No, I think
1: I'm good. And, and I think I know, I, that,
2: do. I think I know the answer to this one, but are you going to do it again or something like it?
1: Uh, yes and no. uh, so, I don't think I'm going to do anything like that again to, to that extent. If I do anything, um, I've actually already got it mapped out as an in state uh, iron butt. So, never leaving the state of South Carolina, but still doing a thousand miles in 24 hours. So, oh, nice. Yeah. And now I've got a bike it, that'll do it again. So, um, I think uh, at some point I'll do that. You'll get to see a lot of your home state then. That's right. Yeah, make a make a full lap of South Carolina and then some.
0: Well, well, I'll throw this out there. If you want a ride partner, call me.
1: <laughs> I'll do it. Absolutely, yeah. Do you have to do your home state or any state? Any state, any yeah, state. any okay. state. Yeah, I just I just thought it'd be fun just to make that challenge to try to stay in the state borders, you know, um, and do one. So, but really, with that one after after doing that one there, I mean, what else is there? You know, it's um, you've kind of hit the hit the hardest one that they've got. Right. Um, now I, I was talking to a couple of guys on the ADV rider forum. I think you might've seen his post where he did uh, a CCC, CCCC 200 where he did two back to back coast to coast to coast. Right. Rides. That's crazy. No, no thanks.
0: <laughs> no, the other I one I know that's up, there would be go to, uh, Kudo Bay, Alaska, Bay. and go to yep. Key West.
1: My son and I—we're uh, going to do that um, when he graduates high school. Nice. Um, what's funny is that we already—we've already started planning that route out too. So, and he's 11, or he's—he'll be 11 in February. So we've—we've we've got some time. But uh, we're going to—we're—we are going to do that one. We'll, we'll have our own bike. He'll be on his own bike, and I'll be—it's going to be—that's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So what about the four corners? Four corners would be fun. It's what it's, uh, there's four corners and was it yeah. 10
0: days or something like that? Uh, yeah. It's like 10 days. I have a cousin, uh, that lives in California. That I visited and he's done that twice. So key West, all the way up to Maine, all the way over to someplace in Washington. I don't know where it's at, but yeah. Yeah, down but that one's not here. part of Iron Butt, though. That's a different one.
1: Uh, I think the closest thing there is they have the uh, forty-eight states in ten days. Um, yeah, that that might be the one, which would be fun. Uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to be away from my family that long, though. I just that's and actually, I, I had made that promise to myself as well as to my family that look, when once I do this, that's it, and that's when I, that's when I honestly, when I started looking into doing the track days. Uh, so the two weeks after i got done with with the coast to coast uh my son and i went down to you know to uh carolina motorsports park and i knew that they were holding a track day down there just to go check it out so that was in october of 17 that we checked out that and i knew that that's what i wanted to focus on next so that's when we bought the travel trailer and everything else where i knew i could take the family to the track with me to participate in my obsession not leaving them behind so that's kind of how that transitioned from one thing into the next.
2: The four corners ride, John is um, the Southern California Motorcycle Association SCA. Yeah. But iron, Butt has one called the, the ultimate USA challenge plus the ultimate USA insanity. And they add, they couple the coast to coast with the four corners tour. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Dang. Yeah. Mm.
2: (laughs) Just looking at it now. So in the show notes for this episode, um, what is this, 191? Yes. I have the complete list of Iron Butt rides, the complete list that you can get certified on. Yeah. Last updated in July of this year.
1: And honestly, I haven't looked to see how many people have completed it since then, but I, I knew it, like I said, I knew at the time I was number 264. So I felt, uh, I, I, was, I was proud of that, that I'd done something that not a lot of people are Dumb enough to try. So,
2: <laughs> very nice, <laughs> very nice. All right, bacon. Any other questions from you? If if not, I think uh, we can thank some people, and we got to get to our eight days a week yet. No,
0: I'm I'm good.
2: You're good. All right. Well, thanks, Alan. Good story. I appreciate that one. Thank you. If you uh, hold tight and prepare your eight days a week, we'll be right back. And for episode 191, I would like to thank our monthly supporters. That complete list being Tim, Kevin, Chuck, Zion, and Dangerous Dave. Thank you all very much for your support. Uh, You can join this list of supporters for show 192 or the ongoing monthly list. That's at loudpipes.net slash donate. One-time donations of $10 or more are still sending out show stickers until that current stock is gone. And if you're interested in a free motorcycle rental day, you can head over to loudpipes.net slash twisted road. And this is a referral program where the benefits that we receive translate into a bike that we'll ride. We'll review that on the show. And again, that's loudpipes.net slash twisted road. Gotta love the U-turn. Uh, Johnny John, before we go too far, mm-hmm. meet up. We want to throw out meet a up. few more details because we only have one more show before we actually get to Teleco Plains.
0: Yeah, that is true.
2: So, cabin um, update the list is growing. Go.
0: Cabin update. So, I guess about uh, a week ago, we are, had two empty cabins and empty. And then over the last week, we have now got them almost all filled back up. There is actually two empty beds available in the cabins. Uh, You have to share a shared cabin. So you have to share with somebody, be actually Sir Mike. Um, We got some updates on some, they had four people drop out and five have decided to take their places. So (laughs) imagine if those four stayed, we'd have almost 20 people coming to this meetup. Yeah. We
2: thought the list was getting pretty short. We're like, Oh, it's going to be like, you know, a 10 person group. And now it's, what, 16?
0: Uh, It's actually 15 right now. 15 right now. With a couple
2: of tentatives yet.
0: That is correct. So it's pretty cool. Um, We are going to arrive. We're going to arrive on Thursday and kind of do some recon routes on Friday to make sure things are good to go. And then we got two routes. um, The Sunday route actually changed. From our chat, um, we're actually going to go down to uh, two wheels of Suchus and then come back up Blood Mountain back to Telico. Yeah, it's a little, and just a little to give change. anyone a sense
2: for the mileage, Like we hadn't really put that out there, but the route for Saturday, which is uh, Foothills Parkway, Tail of the Dragon, uh, Sharehole Skyway, is about 240 miles, I think, John? No, it's Saturday. less than that. Is it less than that? it'll be about 200. Yeah. it was about 200, but then Sunday's ride is about 160. So Sunday's a little more chill ride, a little more time for for hanging out and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. So so Saturday's ride's going to be 204 miles.
2: But the other thing that we haven't talked about is anyone that has trouble staying Sunday, there's an opportunity to ride to still do both routes, but just show up Friday because we're going to go out and pre-ride both of them. So you could ride one you know do the sunday ride on friday and then do the regular saturday ride so friday's an
0: option as well correct and it depends on yeah if you're going to miss that one yeah yep All i'm right. not sure what else um i think we're going to we put the uh, our plan on having a cookout at hunts on friday night
2: yep so 22. yeah i'm, I'm gonna pick up the the friday Uh, dinner, I guess, cookout. So hamburgers, hot dogs, we'll get some snacks, things like that. Just uh, bring your own beverage.
0: Yep. And then Saturday night on the way back from across the Skyway, we're going to stop at the Ironworks Grill before we get back into Teleco. And then Sunday, I think we'll probably just get pizza from down in Teleco is what my vote.
2: And breakfast is a free-for-all. We haven't really talked for that, but, you know, whatever you want to do for breakfast, just have at it. We don't really have anything planned for that because you know, some people want a big breakfast, some people don't eat breakfast at all. So we figure there's right. a couple places there in teleco or you can, you know, bring your own stuff or whatever. But nine o'clock kickstands up and we are leaving the shell station.
0: Right. The shell station, nine o'clock, uh recommendation, be there by eight forty five, gas, ready to go. We will break up in groups if we need to and have a pre kind of chat to make sure everybody's on board.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: And the other comment would be, if you have centers that want to be in chat with anybody, make sure you got them paired up before nine o'clock.
2: Yeah, and that, I would actually say 8.30. You know, Get there 8.30, gas up, get ready. If you want to link your center, do that. Look at the route if you haven't. Ask any questions. And then it, we are most likely going to need two different groups. We're not going to run 16 bikes in one group. So, you know, we'll do seven, eight-ish to a group and we'll split it up. John, John's going to lead one with Bacon sweeping, and I'm going to lead the second one with Rico sweeping. As much as he can on an Indian, you know. We'll give him that. All right. We're good with that, Johnny? Eight days
0: though? a week. Yeah, we're good.
2: Eight days a week. I don't have a sound effect. Uh, maybe we could use Bacon's Diner or something.
0: Bacon probably misses that. <laughs> Oh, it's it's I do miss it. I do miss it. Poor little but, out for
2: the dyno. Yeah. So eight so, days a week is that game we play where you are building your ultimate garage, cars, bikes, boats, trucks, real estate, vacations, whatever is your thing, but you only get seven of them. Money is no object, and you're gonna pick a project to work on. So Alan, are you ready?
1: <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> Real quick before we start this, Alan, it's been a pleasure. I do have to go. Thanks, Bacon. Later, Bacon. I enjoyed it as well. Thanks, Bacon.
2: We'll bring you later. All right. I've got my my quill and pad ready.
1: Take notes. All right. So I kept mine fairly simple, except for one. Um, So to start off with, Ninja 1000SX, obviously. Um, better, another one, better have a VFR on this list. <laughs> Actually, I don't just, kidding. <laughs> I should, I really should. Um, that, that'd be, that'd be version two. <clears throat> uh, second is a street triple, which again, I already have. Um, third would be an R3 just cause I just, I've, I've started falling in love with those just as a fun little, and you know, lightweight, inexpensive bike. Yeah. Uh fourth is a Ducati Panigale.
2: Oh, which one?
1: Uh, the V4. S? The R? V4S, the V4S. Okay. Uh next would be a Honda Valkyrie. That's the old, you know, the old uh, carbureted six-cylinder. Uh the first non uh motorcycle on the list is a Miata because the answer to every question car related is always Miata. And
2: which year do you care? Which generation? Uh,
1: an N.A. Miata. So, first generation. So, the Winkin' Headlights. So, what is that? 1989 to 97, I think. Something
2: like that. It was just short
1: of 10 years? Just short, yeah. Uh, so, the, the, the first one on the list that's kind of out there, and it's just kind of an inside joke between my son and I, but I still want it, is an A-10 Warthog. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, why not? Why not, you know? And then my project would be a, uh, a Jeep CJ seven. Uh, so it was my first project vehicle that I, uh, restored and built. So I want another one to bleed on.
2: Nice. Good list. Solid. So on onto the R three, you serious? You want to get yeah. a small track bike?
0: Yeah,
1: actually what's, what's funny is that I was, I was going to sell the street triple. Um, and actually I've got two potential buyers, but i've already realized i realized that i've already sold my limit of bikes for the year uh oh i've actually i've already sold one over my limit um anymore and I'm considered a dealer <laughs> so <laughs> I might have to wait
2: gonna start putting them in your wife's name
1: uh hindsight's twenty twenty <laughs> um but yeah i actually i have I've, I've really i've fallen in love with the r three it's it's um huh so i that last track day that we were at i was um i was passing a guy I had a gray one and he was leaving me in the corners. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean he's knees down, elbows down, um, and I just really enjoyed watching him ride that thing. And uh, I want to, yeah, I want to play on one.
2: Yeah, same. I, I think I know you're talking about. Was it also a seventeen? I think so. Yeah. So I, I there's some of my photos actually. I think it's turn ten, um, after the hard left, and then you have the the right kind of sweeper that Mm -hmm. runs out left. Um, There's a couple, there's a couple of pictures where he's like on the outside, but he's parallel with me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he, he, if it was the intermediate group, he would just be going around me on the outside. And I remember coming out of seven, I guess it is. Remember passing him on the straightaway, getting into that turn. And as I'm getting into the gas, you know, I'm rolling back on the throttle. I caught a little bit of his, fender to my right and i'm like man this guy is so fast through the corners and yeah following him was was a real treat watch him go through the turns as well so yeah i get it i get the appeal for sure
1: so if i could sell the street triple which is i'm kind of glad i i won an r3 but not enough to sell the street triple so it might have to wait just have to wait yeah
2: but the the ninja 1000 is that going to be you are going to track that or no
1: absolutely Not hard. I mean, Hmm. because that's going to be expensive on tires. Um, Yeah, that's a pretty bike too. It's a beautiful bike. That's Uh, why I I hate tracking the the VFR.
2: It's like, oh, this thing's so good looking.
1: (laughs) Well, that's why I'm going to get the the crash protection on it. So if if it does happen to lay down, it um, it it won't be hurt. It won't get hurt. So it'll be. um, I'm hoping I can have everything on it by the third, uh, you know, October third. So, yep. But I'm still taking the street triple, so I'll have... That'll still be the main one, but I want to see what that Ninja will do on the track.
2: Yeah, maybe like the the time he took the tracer, just do it at the end of the day. Yeah.
1: Very nice.
0: So, so going back to that, uh, about the exhaust, um, Jason got the Dan, Dan Moto header pipe. Okay, Okay. yeah. So, whatever I think the price on from the head... I know you had the M4s to replace the stock. And then he the Dan moto from the header down that pipe, I think is normally three three hundred, I think that's what it was. And it had a half price of like a hundred and a half. Oh wow. So, so yeah, so by time I think that by the time he got hit exhaust and it was less than a grand. Probably less than that. No, that's nice.
1: So that nice. But honestly, like I said, it, it, it's quiet. But besides that, it's perfect. The fueling's perfect. There's no, literally nothing I would change about it.
2: It still had a good sound though. Like when yeah. when you first rolled up to meet up at uh, the fifty-five gas station, there mm-hmm. it had a great sound coming
1: down the road. I couldn't hear it over my bike, but it's still <laughs> <You're>, that that <laughs> that uh, that V four sounds good. That sounds really good.
2: Oh, yeah. And I, I use every, every opportunity I can to just wring its neck. So I love to hear it.
1: I just don't recommend that going up to Caesar's Head uh, on cold, wet roads. Yeah, you don't need quite so much <laughs> as you think, turns out. You need brakes,
2: though. <laughs> you need brakes. And you need to turn.
1: And you can turn.
2: Turns yeah. out. A lot of things you think would be obvious that don't always work out. All yeah, right. and
0: I know, Oops, I know it also has. Your Ninja has truck control, and I know he uses that a lot when it starts getting raining and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then your... I know he also uses that pre-shock adjuster. Look at the bike, so the... um The pre- rear preload? Preload, yeah. I mean, he's going down the road sometimes, and he's changing it up. And I will tell you, it does wheelie, too. So if you want a wheelie, it will wheelie. We
2: had to, uh, we had to crank up alan had to crank up his preload to keep it from the exhaust from smashing into the spools
1: (laughs) yeah so the the spools i put on there and they're they're, the sliders too i guess they were designed for the previous model which the exhaust kind of was angled up a little bit more right and um i had just put them on that that friday before we met up last weekend and i'm riding down there to the gas station and the thing's just bucking back and forth i was like the hell's going on so i get there and i, I start looking underneath and it's, it's starting to bash the exhaust so didn't have any tools to take that take the slider off on that side so yeah, that's, that's, that's all we could do was just crank up the preload and
2: yeah
1: uh and, and ride like that so
2: you just had a very stiff ride for the day it was a very stiff ride yeah how did that work out with the front the rear being so stiff and then you you were starting to dial in the front a little bit
1: it was it was a little soft um over the week though i i went through and and actually set it up correctly and i wasn't too far off probably another two or three turns on the front preload um so it wasn't too far but it was still a big difference though
2: and did you ever figure out the rebound is it just one one leg
1: uh no the rebound was in both
2: so where was the other screw
1: on the no side. excuse me no on the lower side yeah that was just that one side okay uh but the Tension, which is what—that's compression, right—is in both. Yeah, that's on both legs, but the rebound was only on the one leg.
2: Yeah, it was which an was odd, kind of an odd, odd setup. setup. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't because when you when we looked at the top of the cap, the four caps, they were like, okay, well, so you've got tension on both sides, and then we both looked left, right, center, and we're like, okay, where's the other adjuster? <laughs> it's like I've, we found one rebound adjuster, but not the other one. So it's interesting.
1: But it, it'll be it'll be fun to see how how it does on the track, at least how it, you know the mannerisms. I know it's it's you've over five hundred pounds, so I have no no delusions that it's going to be, um, yeah, an R six. But um, it should still be fun out there. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: just going to feel heavier. That was the main thing I noticed the time I I took the R six and the interceptor. That was the, you noticed the weight right away, not down the straightaway, but when you start turning it, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a little bit heavier. And that's like 100, I don't know, 100 and some pounds heavier than the R6. So you feel it. All right, Johnny John, events, pretty easy, right?
0: Yeah, well, we got there, Mr. Warfield. We got a couple events, right? We got to meet up. We do? Oh, yeah. And then and then I think the only other thing we got going on is uh, you're supposed to be going to Isle of Man, correct?
2: I uh, supposed to. I, I don't know. I don't know hogan has his doubts that it's gonna happen he uh he doesn't think they're gonna allow us to enter the country or not without extraneous measures that i will not support so we'll see i haven't bought any plane tickets yet so that has not been done
0: okay
2: because i don't right. i don't know how the refunds are working but yeah that's, that's topic for another day Okay, so let's see. Uh, notes of this show can be found on the website, cloudpipes.net slash uh, 191. I'm going to have links there to the Iron Butt list we talked about, uh, some other details from our conversation, and some links at the bottom. We're sort of reformatting the, the show notes a little bit, just a quick summary at the top and then links below. Uh, keep it a little, a little simpler. And we also have links on the main website. Leave us feedback, subscribe to the show using your favorite podcast app and links to social media, largely done by Brother Bacon. And if you find some value in the show, you can consider supporting us at loudpipes.net slash donate. Leave us a note if you want, and we'll read that on the show. All right, Johnny John, I think it's time to put kickstand up.
0: Yeah, let's roll, my friend. All right, Alan, thanks
2: again. We had an awesome time.
1: Thank you, guys. I enjoyed it.
2: All right. Good night. pipes.net forward slash donate.